Welcome to the Crystal Guardian Podcast. My name is Caressa, and this is a show on which I share about my life as a healer and crystal artist. Here, we meet at the crossroads of creativity and consciousness, art and spirituality, giving a voice to the visionaries of today. Hello and welcome to the Crystal Guardian podcast. I am so happy you're here, so happy you're tuning in. For today's episode, which is called Your Cheat Sheet to Crystal Healing, I will give you a little insight into what helped me so incredibly much when I was starting to work with crystals and feeling quite lost or quite overwhelmed. So before I start, I want to take you with me on a little visualization just to instill the sense that you'll be walking out with after listening to this podcast. So if you can right now, close your eyes for just a moment. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Long exhale out through the mouth. And wherever you are, slowly letting your energy settle down, moving from the head down, down, down into the body, letting your energy drizzle into your seat into your feet and from this soft space turning inward I would like you to visualize that you are in the most amazing crystal shop Everywhere you're looking, you see these beautiful pieces and minerals and crystals, one more gorgeous than the other. And you walk in this shop feeling confidence. You have this wish to take home a beautiful crystal that perfectly resonates with who you are, where you are in this moment of your life and what you need to take the next step. So you glance over the crystals in this shop and without knowing every specific crystal by heart, just by glancing over them, just by looking around you, You immediately know which crystals belong to which themes and which topics in your life you would like to work with. So your wisdom is guiding you to the crystals that you need. And within those crystals, you are letting your intuition guide you to 
the specific one that is of best service to you right now. Maybe you already see a certain crystal. Maybe you don't know the name, but just the color or the opacity, shape. Just hold this crystal and hold it close to your heart for just a moment, letting the energy emanate into your body. Storing the knowledge, the wisdom that it holds. And this is something that we can do without being in the physical presence of a crystal, but we can already, with our intention, with our energy, connect to the energy that we need. Saying a big heartfelt thank you to this crystal. And slowly arriving back in your body. Slowly coming back into this moment right here, right now. So... Before I am going to dive into the cheat sheets that I have created a while ago, I first want to do a little introduction of how crystals work, what they do, how they can work for you, just so we have a general understanding and for anyone that would like to know a little bit more about crystals and how to incorporate them into your life. So... When we look at crystals or when we look at actually anything in the universe, in the world, it is essentially made out of atoms. And these atoms, they vibrate at a certain frequency. And this frequency is what creates the energy of an object. This frequency or this vibration that these atoms are vibrating on is also what makes us tangible, what makes it possible for us to touch ourselves because that that constant movement, that really, really like unbelievably fast vibration is what makes something hard. So that's why you can touch something. Touching myself to (laughs) show and illustrate this right now. Also a famous quote by Nikola Tesla is... If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And this really shows that working with the crystals, it's not something that we are just making up. It is something so sacred, so purposeful, and really makes sense to do. And this frequency, this vibration, maybe you have once seen these videos of this big boombox underneath a plate of sand, and then the music or the sound that's played creates some kind of pattern in the sand. It's absolutely gorgeous, uh, very much worth looking up on uh, YouTube. And this is that frequency, that tone of the universe that we can't see, but is actually very present. Crystals, they hold their own frequency and water, just like sand on that sand plate, can take over the frequency. And as humans, we are made out of 
70% out of water, of course, of course, we are going to feel a very big effect of all these different frequencies of these different objects in our space. And crystals, because they are these ancient, ancient, beautiful things of nature, these, these energy powerhouses of nature, they have a very big effect on us as humans. Of course, knowing this, you can imagine that, for example, if you would put a crystal in your water or keep it next to a um, glass of water, if the crystal can't go in water, so always check if your crystal can go in water or not, because some, they react or they dissolve in water. But you can imagine when you place a crystal with water, that frequency of the crystal is going to be transmuted into the water. So the water will hold that energy of the crystal. And when you drink this, and this energy is absorbed into your cells, really that cellular level of the body, this has such a great effect. It's one of my ultimate, all-time, all-time, all-time favorite practices to do to work with crystal energy. Also, when you come to a workshop, or if you come for a crystal healing with me, all the water is crystal charged because it's something so easy, but so freaking powerful. So this is basically how crystals work. Of course, you can go much, much, much deeper, but in the broader sense, I hope this gives a clear idea of what it actually does when this crystal is sitting with you. And if we go a little bit deeper, if we go a little bit further on that, every single thing in this universe holds a spirit, holds a soul. This energy, right? Crystals, they also hold their own spirits or their own souls. And you can, for example, say that the amethyst family, of course, there are, there are thousands, if not millions, pieces of amethyst all over the world. And they all belong to the same amethyst family, but every single amethyst holds their own energy as well, their own individual vibration. So even if you have the same crystal, it can still hold a different vibration. The same goes for the shape of a crystal. If you have, for example, a round crystal, which emanates the energy all around. Of course, this is different from a crystal in a pyramid shape, which really points the energy to a specific point. But more on this in a later podcast, which I want to record more on crystal grids and sacred geometry and the shapes of crystals. All these different things, they go into what one specific crystal will hold as energy. And you can also imagine that a black obsidian, which is created by a volcanic eruption and then the lava cools down so incredibly fast usually in a place with a lot of ice so if it cools down super super fast it transforms into black obsidian which is also sometimes called volcanic glass or um, dragon's glass for the um, game of thrones fans <laughs> the black obsidian energy of course holds a very different energy from for example, calcite, which is formed by years and years and years of pressure and water seeping through. And it's a very slow process. And yeah, the calcite family, it's a much softer, much more serene, much more diffuse kind of energy. 
Whereas a black obsidian, it's something you use for cord-cutting rituals and for big protection against negative energy. And it's a really, really strong crystal. So all these different things come into play into what kind of energy a crystal holds. Today, I want to talk more about how the colors of the crystals can already tell you so, so much about what they do. When I was just starting out to work with crystals, I felt super overwhelmed. There were all these gazillion different kinds of crystals. And I remember holding my first book on crystals, which I think it's about eight years ago now. I held this book and I, I was looking, I was glancing through and I was just thinking to myself, how ever in the world will I remember what every single crystal does? I had no clue about a specific system that was behind it or something that will ease the remembering. I didn't really see this that much online as well. And that's when I started looking for these different themes and how they tie together with the crystals. And, and yeah, by learning much more about it, by understanding, by devouring book after book after book, I started seeing a common thread. What I discovered was that the crystals and their topics and their colors very much correlate with the colors of the chakras and their respective themes. And by that time, I already knew quite a bit about the chakras and what every chakra, every different chakra belonged to in terms of themes and topics and lessons and all these things. So it made it so much easier for me to translate that to the crystal world. And I still use it to this day. If I don't know a specific crystal, just by looking at it, just by knowing the color of it and by feeling the, uh, the texture and the harshness of it, I, yeah, I immediately know this is the topic that it belongs to. Of course, it will have their own specific, unique message. But if you don't have that really intuitive place yet, if, that you can tune into a crystal and the crystal will just tell you what its energy is. And especially in the beginning, this is really hard to, to develop because it takes practice. It takes a lot of tuning in, a lot of asking, a lot of also building confidence in hearing these, uh, these explanations around, yeah, what a crystal does, you know, like really trusting your intuition in what messages are coming through for you. But if we go one step back, it's just really easy to know these general themes and these general uh, rules that help with that transition. So if you have that basis, then from there you can play and you can tune in and you can really get that something that I really love as a combination, that wisdom and intuition integration. So that's what we're going to do. First, I want to explain a little bit about the chakras because maybe you've never heard of them or maybe you have heard of them but don't really know how and what after this podcast you will have a really great understanding and also I want to say before I dive into everything I have a e-guide on my website as well if you just go to my website with caressa.nl there is this pop-up that lets you sign up to my mailing list. And there you can, if you sign up, you get the e-guide for free, which is also called Your Cheat Sheet to Crystal Healing. And it has all this information that you can just go back to and kind of read and 
maybe if you before you go into a crystal shop, just grab the cheat sheet so you know, ah, this was this and this was that. Also knowing that, of course, because this can be so much information at once that it can just go in one ear, out the other, and trusting that at some level you are integrating this knowledge, you are receiving this without worrying about remembering everything at once. Because of course, it also took me a lot longer to remember and to know and to integrate all these lessons. Yeah, so the chakras in... Indian philosophy, we have these specific energetic centers in our bodies. The word chakra is translated to wheel, so it's also seen as these wheels or these circles that are located along the body. There are many different belief systems in India which all hold different chakras and it just goes a little bit from here to there for the sake of keeping it simple. Right now, I am holding myself to the most known in the West chakra system, which is seven energetic points in the body. They all go up along the spine. And if you go back to the Indian philosophy, originally the chakras didn't have specific colors. But in the 60s, there was this English philosopher He was studying personality psychology. He attributed different colors along the rainbow spectrum to the different chakras. And his way of looking at the chakras and having that set of colors is what I will be using today to make more sense of the crystal world as well today. That's what we're going to look at. And within the chakra system, you start at the base chakra, the first chakra, and you move through it for the first seven years of your life. Every next seven years, you move up one chakra. You can imagine if you only have seven, you stop at some point. When you reach the seventh, the final chakra, you start over again at the beginning. And knowing that, you can imagine that if we look at the first chakra, Muladhara chakra, the base chakra, which is located at the base of the spine, when we move through that chakra for the first seven years of your life, this holds many themes like safety and security and having a home, creating a being in your family system. You know, it's really those years where you are forming yourself as a person, where you are hopefully having and experiencing that safety of a home. Um, It's also the energy of really that big primal life force energy that's present there. Of course, it is about things like stability, trust, also finding a sense of home within yourself. It's about grounding your connection to the earth, your connection to your ancestors. This chakra has the color red. And you can see that all the red crystals also integrate these themes that belong to the Muladhara chakra. So grounding, primal life force energy, security, protection are all themes that belong to the red crystals, but also to the base chakra. And if you go a little bit further than that, the base chakra not only correlates with red crystals, but also with black crystals or more brownish crystals. You can think of crystals like red jasper, agate, smoky quartz, black tourmaline, 
onyx, garnet, petrified wood is a beautiful one, obsidian, and ruby. And of course, many, many more, but these are the ones that I like to work with most. If you are looking purely at a physical or at a bodily level, imbalances can be shown in the lower back, in the large intestines, in the bones, in the hips, in the pelvis, or in the butt. So if you have any imbalances in these areas, it might be a telltale of your body that something is going on at that level of grounding, of trust, stability, security, home, life force energy. So these telltales of the body, these places of the chakras also hold a lot of wisdom for us. So if we have injuries or if we have recurring health issues, then we can also look at, oh, what place in the body is that and what kind of messages are behind that. And that can then also be a telltale for which crystals to use. Really cool how that works. If we are continuing on going to Svadhisthana chakra, the sacral chakra, this second chakra is orange and translates to sweetness. This is the place from which we create a life. It is the seat of subconscious creation. It is a center of creativity, of pleasure, and is connected to the element water. It holds themes like fertility, sensuality, creative expression, pleasure, intuition, and it also holds that connection to the moon. Because it is this place from which we create, it also is a very more feminine, more intuitive place in our body. It doesn't mean that for men that they can also connect very deeply to the chakra. Because, of course, men also create from this place. It is, it is located in the pelvis, around the sacrum. We move through this chakra from the age of 8 until 14. And as I said before, the color is orange. What we see in the crystal world is that also the orange crystals correlate to these same themes of fertility, sensuality, creativity. You know, if you imagine it's connected to the element water, that divine flow, that surrendering, the water that's super, super strong, but also very fluid. That's also the energy that those crystals usually hold. If we are looking at the crystals that correlate to this are, for example, moonstone, carnelian, orange calcites, coral, and any other orange crystals. And if I say moonstone, then I mean more so the peach moonstone and not so much rainbow moonstone, which is more connected to the higher intuitive chakras. And if we are looking just at the physical body, the imbalances can be shown in the genitals, in the sacrum, pelvic area, uterus, kidneys, bladders. It can be also shown in your water balance. So again, very interesting to look at what that tells you and what that holds. This chakra is also a chakra where that I have been working with for so, so much in my life. And really the moonstone is a crystal that comes back again and again and that I work with 
on a daily level. I have it in my water always. And I am just so incredibly happy to be working with these beautiful energetical centers. They are truly so powerful and have brought me a lot of softness and gentleness in the womb space. So continuing on, if we move up one chakra, we arrive at Manipura chakra. This chakra is the solar plexus chakra. This is located right around the navel or right above the navel. It is yellow and translates to shining jewel. And it is connected to the element fire. It is really our powerhouse. It's from where we step out into the world and we shine and we show our talents and our gifts and our jewels that we hold inside. It is also a really important place in the body where we store energy. So when I say this is your powerhouse, I mean this also quite literally in it is really a place that holds so much energy. So when you have a balanced solar plexus chakra, it shows you shine, you have all this energy. Of course, this is more so a masculine energy that this chakra holds as opposed to the feminine energy of the second chakra. If we are looking at the themes, they are willpower, expansion, self-esteem, sharing your gifts, joy, optimism, self-worth, and as I said, energy. You move through the chakra from the age of 15 to 21, and the colors of the crystals that correspond with the chakra are yellow and gold. So if we're looking at the crystals that I work with the most for the chakra, it is citrine, pure gold, tiger's eye, gold topaz, amber, yellow aventurine. I also love rutilated quartz. So these are all crystals that help ignite that fire within to really also drop into a place of joy. It's also a very, still a very young chakra. So if you look at the chakras, the first three one are all still very, very much of this physical world of the physical plane. If we are looking at the places in the body that can show imbalances for the solar plexus chakra, these are the stomach, gallbladder, liver, the spleen, the small intestines, and just your general digestion. Then from Manipura chakra, we are going up to Anahata chakra, the heart chakra. This is the fourth chakra and green of color. And... Of course, you can imagine this chakra governs all matters of the heart. It is an alchemizer. It is the place that connects the three lower chakras and their earthly lessons. So really the body and the instincts. And it transforms that to the three higher chakras, which are more about higher consciousness. In this way, it integrates the lessons of those earthly chakras into higher vibrations and into higher wisdom. If we look at the themes that are connected to this green chakra, it is love, self-acceptance, self-love, relationships, empathy, compassion, acceptance, and openness. 
It is located at the heart, of course. We move through it from the age of 22 till 28. And if we're looking at what crystals belong and work with these same themes, the colors of the crystals are green and pink. So green, of course, the chakra is green as well. And pink you might know because, for example, the ever so classic rose quartz is pink. And this is the biggest, most famous crystals um, for all matters of love and self-love and igniting that into your life. When we look at what crystals work with uh, this chakra, with these themes, so green and pink ones all mingle up, we are looking at crystals like jade, rose quartz, kunzite is a very, very strong high vibrational one, aventurine, peridot, green or pink tourmaline, or even watermelon tourmaline, rhodonite, emerald, moss agate, and so many more. But these are all crystals that I love and work with very, very much with on me or on my clients. And if we are looking at the physical body imbalances, they can be shown in the heart and also in the lungs and in breathing. If we are feeling very, very intense loss or very intense sadness, it can also be shown in the lungs. And this is something more from traditional Chinese medicine, but also it can be translated to this system of the chakras. Moving up to the three higher chakras, starting with Fishuri chakra, it is located at the throat, the throat chakra. It is the fifth one and it is blue and translates to purity. This is the place from where we communicate with others, from where we speak our truth. Here lies the conscious creation as opposed to the subconscious creation of the second chakra. It is located between the heart and the third eye. Because of that, it forms this bridge between the feeling and the thinking world. It helps letting those two work in harmony. So if we are looking at the themes for this chakra, it is communication, understanding, calmness, clarity, self-expression, truth, and independence. All very big topics. And I am also holding a lapis lazuli, which is a great crystal for communication, for purity, for clarity for recording this podcast episode. It is located at the throat. We move through it from age 29 till age 35. The traditional color is light blue, but if we are looking at what crystals correspond with it, it is light blue crystals, but also some darker blue ones. Also from this point, a lot of different traditions hold different colors for the upper three chakras. Right now I am keeping one, but you can see that they kind of fade into each other. So right now we're moving from light blue to dark blue, so kind of like an indigo blue, to a violet color. But sometimes it is also more blue, purple, and colorless. So they all kind of fade into each other, moving up the rainbow spectrum. For the sake of right now, we are staying with light blue for the throat chakra. And so the crystals that are either light blue or dark blue 
and that correspond with these themes of communication, of understanding, self-expression, truth, independence are aquamarine, blue chalcedony, celestine, blue lace agate, lapis lazuli, turquoise, and blue calcites. Body imbalances can be seen either in the throat or in the thyroids or the ears, the teeth, and the gums. So really that facial kind of area of the mouth and the throat. Of course, this makes a lot of sense, right? So also when we have um, a cough or just a sore throat in general all the time, maybe it means that you are not speaking your truth just yet. Again, really interesting to look at. Continuing on to the second to last chakra, the sixth one is Anji Chakra. Please forgive me if I'm pronouncing this wrong. I am doing my best. And if I am, I'm very open to learning. This is the third eye chakra. It is indigo colored, some kind of like royal blue, right? And it translates to knowing. It is located at the third eye center, so the place in between the eyebrows and our inner wisdom really comes from this energy center. It governs our connection to the spiritual world. It opens the gates of intuition and it helps us reach for that reality that rises above duality. Because of this, we find ease. So for example, amethyst is a very classic crystal that they say it gives serenity or calmness. And it is because it is connected to the third eye center, to those same lessons of rising above duality. And when we rise above duality, when we release the you and me, but when we just are, that brings deep, deep, deep peace, right? So that's why amethyst is such a calming, peaceful crystal. We move through this chakra from the age of 36 to 42. It is, as I said, indigo colored. But if we look at the crystals that correlate with the same themes, it is the dark blue ones, but also some purple colored crystals. As I said, from here, it gets a little bit murky. What crystals are those? It is, again, the lapis lazuli works great here. Purple fluorides, amethyst, as I said before, Sodalite, the rainbow moonstone that I mentioned with the second chakra, blue sapphire, azurite, blue apatite, and so on. But these already are great ones to work with. Looking at the physical body, it is connected to the endocrine glands, really finding a very balanced, optimal physical health. So more so the overall physical well-being of the body is um, what this chakra holds. If we are looking at the specific themes of this chakra, it is insights, intuition, spiritual awakening, imagination, and connection to the spiritual world. So really that place from which we hold our inner wisdom, from which we let our intuition speak, but also from where we communicate and are in touch with other realms, other beings, our spirit guides, and so on. Finally, the last chakra that we are going to is the crown chakra. I, yeah, I'm also not sure how to pronounce this one. Um, so I'm not going to try because I don't want to butcher it and it's such a sacred thing. So 
the crown chakra. It is the seventh and final chakra, and it is violet colored. It translates to thousandfold, and all the chakra energies, they move up the spine, and they culminate here, where you are one with all. All lessons are integrated. When you have an open crown chakra, this instills this deep, deep peace and sense of harmony. So, as I said before, with the last chakra, the uh, rising above duality, this is really where we find that place, right? Where we are no longer you and me, but where we are just one. And the themes of this chakra are awareness, higher consciousness, connectedness to all, deep wisdom, divine connection, purification, magic, mystery, and freedom. And I mean like ultimate freedom, non-attachment kind of stuff. It is located right above the crown of the head and you move through it when you are 30 or 43 until you are 49. Of course, it's violet colored. So if we look at the crystals, the purple ones, the light purple, so the violet ones, white crystals, but also colorless crystals like clear quartz, correlates with these themes as well. Then we're looking at crystals like, again, the amethyst, clear quartz, as I just said, Herkimer diamonds is a beautiful one, apophyllites, selenite, lepidolites, white agates, and petalites, a lot of ites. So these also generally are crystals when they end with ites that you can't put them in water. And that's kind of cool, right? If you think about it, it's a very, very quickly dissolving, quickly um, disintegrating crystal, which also shows the vulnerability or the, the fragility of these themes. It is usually something that we touch upon for a second and then we get back into our physical experience of this experience of this world. Yeah, and of course, you know, when you're a monk high up in the Himalayas, you experience the state of being so much more than we here in the West doing our day-to-day -day things, our school runs and our, you know. But still we can tap into this energy and still we can aspire to integrate this energy into our daily life so that also the school run becomes sacred. Also grabbing a coffee becomes sacred or also commuting to your work becomes sacred. And this is when that open crown chakra comes in. And if you're looking at the physical body imbalances that correlate with these energies with this chakra, you're looking at things like a chronic illness, nervous disorders, headaches, sleep disorders, and depression. Really that general sense of not feeling good within oneself and a very big invitation to look deeper within and maybe throw your whole life around or finally take a look at that trauma that's been stored so you can Get to that place of non-attachment, of no stories, but deep, deep, deep peace within. And of course, I'm saying this very quickly because that's not what this podcast is about and there's so much more to it. But yeah, that's what we're looking at when working with this chakra. That is the general gist of it. And there are a few bonus ones. So if we look at the black crystals that correspond with the base chakra themes... 
these black crystals, they really are the bouncers of the crystal world. They keep the negative energy out of the door and they have this very big protective energy. Usually they can also transform negative energy into positive energy, which is why, for example, keeping a black tourmaline crystal next to your front door is a great with keeping negative energies that you don't want in your sacred space out. Another one, the green crystals, which are connected to the heart chakra, as we just learned, are a little bit like the four-leaf clovers of the crystal world. They are very well known for bringing luck, bringing prosperity. Of course, it's also the color of the dollar bill. And that is not, I think it's not coincidental. It's really this energy that's, yeah, that can help you win the lottery, right? It is about financial prosperity, but also just about abundance apart from any monetary experience. And lastly, as a little bonus, the light blue crystals generally hold a very calming and soothing effect. They bring this sense of peace, serenity, and are great for keeping with you as you are trying to fall asleep. So for example, celestite is great for this. That is most of what I wanted to share with you, just with looking at the crystals, how they work, everything. I've already been talking for a long time. It's um, yeah something that makes me very enthusiastic because once you've mastered this, once you've known and integrated this wisdom into your being, it is so easy from there to step out into that crystal shop and know, okay, so this is what's going on here and then tune in and really see what crystal is pulling you and you will immediately know, ah, okay, so these are the themes that I'm working with or these are the themes that are reflected back at me. Ah, there is so, so much more to chat about on this. I am definitely not done speaking, but I think for now I am going to leave you all with uh, this of course you can take a look on my website if you just want to read and glance through it i think that will be really nice also to kind of have that as a reference later on and yes i will record many many more episodes speaking on crystals because i am definitely not done speaking i also would love to speak a little bit more on this sense of stewardship on connecting with the spirits of the crystals and how to do that but for now, I think this is a really, really nice way to work from. Thank you so, so much for listening, for tuning in. I would love it if you would give me a big subscribe on iTunes or wherever you are. If you can leave a review, this helps me so incredibly much, especially now as I'm just starting out with this podcast. It is so, so, so appreciated, especially if you loved this episode and if you took something away from it then please let me know and of course if you have any more questions i'm always so happy to chat over on instagram as well i will see you guys there speak soon <laughs>